Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us. Today's a serious topic and a subject that should be of interest to every parent in America. I think I'm going to be sharing some things with you that you may never have heard on the media and maybe never have read about, but you should know about. And today I'm going to be discussing the match igniting World War III, and I want to talk about the most significant yet underreported event of the year 2022. But let me begin by describing you a profoundly stupid act by our federal government and attorney Janet Reno under President Clinton. Back in 1993, there is a cult group, Christian cult group, by the name of Branch Davidians in Waco, Texas. And the government uh, suspected this group of having illegal firearms. But the group was one of those who had uh, their own particular view of biblical prophecy. They thought the apocalypse was literally coming at their doorstep. And the government, the FBI, military, and other law enforcement had this extended siege with all these weapons and armored personnel carriers and everything outside their compound. And if you go to Wikipedia, it says this, during the siege, several scholars who study apocalypsism, other words, biblical prophecy, tried to persuade the FBI that the siege tactic, tactics used by the government would only reinforce the impression with the Branch Davidians that they were part of biblical end times catastrophe. In other words, they were making a bad situation with this Christian cult worse. They were being driven like, oh, this confirms everything this cult leader said about biblical prophecy. So any case, at dawn, the tanks rolled in. They were specially modified and began tearing through the walls of the compound. The tanks and grenade launchers were modified to shoot tear gas into the building, which set it on fire. 80 people died, including 21 children. I can't tell you how furious I was when I saw this. And the reason is this. About this time, or at least several years ago, I was what was called a cult rescuer with a group called the Spiritual Counterfeit Project. Now, there was two types of uh, cult rescuers back then. One would go kidnap somebody and tend to forcefully deprogram them, uh, slightly torture them, and all this kind of stuff. That's, that's not what I was into. Ours was completely peaceful. And what you try to do is recognize the tactics of a cult leader— is to sever all, all outside relationships in an attempt to win undivided and unquestioned allegiance to this self-deified cult leader. So what's the remedy? The remedy is to peacefully reestablish family and friendship ties with the cult member. And if you can do that, the spell of that cult leader diminishes. So 
what would I have done if somebody came to me? Well, people actually went to religious leaders, uh, scholars, went to the FBI. What I would have done? I would have ordered Kentucky Fried Chicken with iced tea and lemonade, brought picnic tables outside the compound, have family members and close friends come because it's you want to reestablish, if at all possible, the relational ties. In fact, if it was te- Texas, you might want to barbecue so the smell of the ribs and brisket would go inside the compound. Invite the people out, pull all the guns and tanks and all this other stuff back, make it a peaceful, friendly atmosphere, and try to persuade the people to come out peacefully. That's how you do cult rescues. Now, I want to use that illustration of two ways to deal with an apocalyptic situation that might actually ignite World War III literally. And if it does, it will be literally one million times more serious than what happened in Waco, Texas. And I'm talking about what's going on between the U.S., NATO allies, uh, Russia, and basically having a conflict, multinational conflict in Ukraine. Now, The U.S. has given somewhere around a billion dollars in military support to Ukraine. Just like to ask two questions. What if Russia was giving a billion dollars of military support to a hostile government in Mexico and bringing that equipment right up to our border? What would happen? Well, you know the answer. Or second question, what if Cuba attempted that? No, wait a second. We already went through that. We know the result. We almost went to World War III when the Russians were putting missiles down in Cuba. Now, to me, I have to say this, and I don't say stupid very often in this broadcast, if you've noticed, but to me, this is stupidity in the extreme. According to Pew Research, after Zelensky gave his pro-Ukrainian speech to Congress, more than one-third of Americans supported action by the U.S. military in Ukraine, even at the risk of nuclear war. I mean, nuclear war would affect every single family in the United States in the most profound way. Uh, You've got problems. I got problems. You have modern stresses. I have modern stresses. But all of those would pale in comparison to the tragedy of a nuclear war. But I repeat, more than one third of Americans would support pursuing this conflict on the other side of the globe, even at the risk of nuclear war. And this was after Zelensky's great speech to Congress. I don't have a high opinion of Zelensky since I watched his homoerotic dance on YouTube wearing leather and high heels or playing piano with his boyfriends with his private parts. Google it. It's on YouTube. This is the guy that one third of Americans want to support to the risk of nuclear war. Now, am I a big fan of the Russians? No. I think they're potentially our enemies to the extreme. But how do you create peace in a volatile situation? 
Is it with picnic tables and Kentucky Fried Chicken or tanks and grenade launchers? There's a difference in how you approach this. Now, I want to mention six things that might provoke the Russians to push the nuclear button. Number one, do you know that the Pentagon-run bioweapons labs were in the Ukraine, three of them? Why do you have three biowarfare labs on the border of Russia? Would you want those on the border of the United States? I wouldn't. Number two, blowing up the Nord Stream pipelines. Difficult to prove who did it, but everybody knows it's one of the nations or groups of nations or security apparatus of the nations involved in this conflict blew this thing up. Number three, blowing up the major bridge connecting Crimea to Russia. And Russia basically has access to the Black Sea as a result of this. This would be like mining some of our harbors. Would that be a good thing to do? How would we react to that? Number four, there are now U.S. strategic planning documents containing the possibility, and I must say this is utterly insane, containing the possibility of a preemptive strike against enemy missile systems. You see, I've lived my entire life through the threat of nuclear war. Uh, I was born right after World War II. Uh, the United States dropped two nuclear bombs. Uh, Russia reacted and the Cold War was on. I was ducking under uh, desks in school as a, a school boy. And yet the Cold War, as crazy as that it was with this mutual assured destruction, that it was clearly understood that nobody would light off missiles unless the other side did it first. And so if you weren't willing to do the first strike, then the other side wouldn't launch missiles. So it kind of created this stalemate. I think it's a very dangerous stalemate, but I'd rather live under the insane mad, that's mutually assured destruction, than having now U.S. approving of a preemptive strike if necessary. And that means that we can launch whenever we feel threatened. Um, and believe me, when Russia, Russia knows this, uh, <laughs> this is creating the world's largest nuclear power to perhaps be quick to push that button, okay? And then number five, I've mentioned this before, but I went back and analyzed this. In 1945, the U.S. had a formal strategic plan to bomb Russia out of existence. It was September 1945, just about two weeks after World War II ended. Russia was still our official ally, okay? And the U.S. War Department drew up a plan to bomb the 66 major cities of the Soviet Union with 204 atomic bombs and erase the Soviet Union off the map. Now, <laughs> what do you think this would do um, to the mindset of the military leaders and government leaders of the Soviet Union? 
And I went back and studied this and looked at the targets. And do you know that the U.S. military proposed a plan to drop six nuclear bombs on Kiev? Okay. Now, there's talk right now about using these strategic or limited uh, nuclear weapons, like using one to hit Kiev. And if Russia does that, the U.S. will come in with World War III. And yet the U.S. was prepared to drop six greater bombs on Kiev in a formal document that was de declassified in 1975. And I'm not telling you anything illegal. And Russia fully knows about this. Now, is it any wonder why Russia has put its nuclear weapons on high alert? Am I saying uh, Russia's are Russia... Uh, is the good guy, they're the white hats? No, I'm not saying that. Uh, the world was is filled with a lot of black hats and perhaps both countries over there are black hats. But I told you I would mention six things that might provoke the Russians to push the nuclear button. I've mentioned five. The sixth was reported, but it was kind of like I don't know, buried with football scores or something on the internet on whatever came off in the news. But it was last summer. And in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, what happened on August 21st, 2022, may have been the match for a nuclear World War III. And the reason I believed that almost immediately when I saw the news report is that I read a book by a Lutheran bishop, and it's entitled, quote, The American Empire Should Be Destroyed, unquote, subtitle, Alexander Dungan and the Perils of Eminentized Eschatology. That's a long subtitle. What is it talking about? It's basically saying you take an apocalyptic future, kind of like the Branch Davidians. Honestly, they were pretty serious nutcases when it came to biblical prophecy. But when somebody is out there, how do you react to them? Try to come across with a peaceful approach or a tank and grenade launcher and gas, tear gas approach. Uh, one is liable to stir up a reaction and result in a lot of tragedy. So what happened on August 21st that makes me think that we could have lit the match for World War III? Well, Alexander Dungan and his daughter met and went off to a event, I don't know what it was, a concert or something. It's his 29-year-old daughter, and uh, they came back and got out of their cars, and for some reason, uh, Dungan's 29-year-old daughter, who, by the way, is a very articulate, uh, well-educated uh, young woman who is a commentator on Russian television and all this, instead they... Ha to switch cars for whatever reason, she got in Dungan's car 
And as soon as she turned on the ignition, a car bomb exploded her car before the eyes of Alexander Dungan. And I remember seeing him just not that far away at all, seeing his daughter being blown up. He lowered his head and put his head in his hands. And I thought to myself, this is it. Now, you can Google this. You can see this. And if I hadn't read this book on Dungan before this happened, well, then I might have just forgotten about it like probably 99% of people did. But who is Alexander Dungan? Well, first of all, before I get to who he is, whatever group, and Dungan has a pretty clear idea what group or groups it was, what they did to his daughter is the equivalent times a million of what Janet Reno did ordering tanks to puncture the walls of a Texas cult expecting the apocalypse at any moment. Only this time, we're dealing with a nation with the world's largest collection of nuclear weapons. Okay, who's Dungan? He's been variously described as Putin's counselor. He's been called by foreign affairs, Putin's brain. He's an influential Russian intellectual and political philosopher. In fact, his geopolitical philosophy has what shall I say, captured the imagination of Russian leaders for their geopolitical strategy in this century. He's a professor at Moscow University. He's editor-in-chief of a Russian TV channel. Uh, And he he has been called Putin's spiritual guide for the invasion of Ukraine. Of course, that's why they tried to blow him up and did his daughter instead. I'm going to read to you from... James Heiser's book on Alexander Dungan, actual quotes where Dungan is taking what you and I would call apocalyptic uh, theology, a biblical prophecy, and then applying it to the immediate situation what's going on in their part of the world. And this, he is not a nutcase in the sense that He's a very well-read, well-educated, articulate leader in Russia, and these are some of the things he said. Quote, If someone deprives us of our freedom, we have to react, and we will react. The American empire should be destroyed, and at one point, it will be. Spiritually, see, this is where he brings in kind of a uh, distorted Christian end times application to the extinguishing of the United States of America. Literally, not figuratively, literally. Spiritually, globalization is the creation of a grand parody, the kingdom of the Antichrist, and the United States is the center of its expansion. Here's another one. Antichrist, besides theological, also has geopolitical social meaning. In other words, he's taking the end times doctrine of the Antichrist and applying it 
to the geographical, political war situation that we're finding ourselves in, he says, it is evident today that the most perfect and complete form of the historical realization of this sinister personage is the liberal West. And creating the foundations of the planet domination in the form of the new world order. Now, I don't like the new world order. I don't like the President Bushes have talked about new world order and all kinds of other American leaders talked about a new world order. Let's be happy with the United States of America rather than trying to start some global world order. I don't like it. I'll fight against it. But Dungan has taken this a step further. He's saying this is the end time empire of the Antichrist. And when you start mixing kind of religion with geopolitical thoughts and biblical prophecy in the wrong mix, it can become extremely dangerous. And that's why Dungan, when he talks about aggression, should be heated. This is the man inside Putin's brain, so to speak. He has his ear. He's a very influential lecturer in Russia on geopolitical philosophy and strategy, and he says this on aggression. Quote, we are entering into a completely unique time of new aggression. Aggression is the founding law of existence. Aggression is the fundamental phenomenon of cosmic reality. Okay, uh, Russia is called the bear. You don't mess with a bear, and if you get them angry with you, you're liable to suffer injury. And aggression, according to Dungan, means a literal conflict between two entirely different worldviews. He goes on, between them is only enmity, hatred, brutal struggle according to rules and without rules, for extermination to the last drop of blood. Between them are heaps of corpses, millions of lives. They will be decided by war. And again, this is the most influential person for the geopolitical strategies of Russia and its premier. And yet one-third of Americans feel like homoerotic dancer Zelensky is worth supporting to the degree of risking nuclear war. I can't believe we are where we are. The United States is providing, as I've mentioned, a billion dollars of equipment besides that aerial surveillance so uh, military artillery can target Russian troops and training Russian troops. The whole hopes of weakening Russia and prompting a regime change, but the United States has a definite expectation. And the expectation is this, that we can do all this and Russia will not be provoked to use its nuclear weapons. I think this is a serious misjudgment, and there's probably a lot of those in the Pentagon, I would imagine, and in the White House and in the State Department, 
who have not read these statements from Dungan. Have you ever heard them on any form of media, conservative media, liberal media, any kind? No, probably not. And yet, when we blew up Dungan's daughter, or whoever did, someone who was not for the Russians being in Ukraine, and I'm not for the Russians being in Ukraine, but blowing up his daughter could well be the spark that ignites a wider Ukrainian conflict and eventually a world nuclear war later this decade. Um, There was a temporary pause under the Trump administration with Dungan because Trump didn't get us any uh, new wars, but that's all over with. We're back in them. And conservatives and liberals, Democrats and Republicans, for the strangest reason, want to get involved in a number of foreign conflicts. And if over a third of Americans want involvement in these conflicts, even if it risks nuclear war. I really don't think we want this. Remember, Duncan said, Putin's ear, he has his ear, the American empire should be destroyed. And at one point, it will be. What am I saying? It's this. As Christians here in the United States, we should take seriously the seventh beatitude. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. We can't always have peace, but we do want to try to have peace. We do want to try to create understanding rather than inflame conflict at the risk of nuclear war. Nobody wins with that. So I think it's time to be very careful and start plugging our ears to all of the heroic commentators on conservative news advocating bomb, bomb, bomb. No, no, there's a better way for this. And I suggest listening to President Kennedy's 1973 American University speech and how to relate to a nuclear power like Russia. That speech cost him dearly. I urge you to listen to it. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 415 of Faith and Family. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to learn more about Catholic family life.